podcast where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. And I'm Henry J. Happy Boxing Day. Oh my goodness. It's the day after Christmas, everybody. Hope you've all been having some happy holidays. Thanks for joining us on episode number 89, which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. Check out their no annual fee visa credit card with a low 9.5% rate. Some restrictions may apply. Learn more at milltowncu.org or visit them at 3201 Broadway. Okay, so I think today's show is going to be super fun. We will not be highlighting events from the weekly goodness. Sorry, y'all, we are pre-recording. But uh, for this week's Life in Everett, we're going to be discussing and talking about some of our best of and highlights from 2018, some of our favorite memories, uh, some cool stuff that happened, some milestones, etc., we also have an interview with Neil Naruzzo from the Snohomish County PUD, and we'll play some more Port of Everett trivia. Let's jump in. Okay, guys. So for Life in Everett this week, we are talking about 2018 highlights, uh, fond memories, etc. Uh, I have my list. Hopefully you have your list. Who wants to start? Not me. <laughs> yeah, there was... A ton of stuff that happened in 2018, both kind of that we did with Live in Everett and then also that just happened in the city of Everett. Um, geez, I don't even know where to start. What do you think? Okay, I, I, I actually want to start. You had a baby. Okay. I feel like we should that's call true. that out. That's, I, that's I, a, I did have a baby. Big, My wife had a baby. Big 2018 highlight, Baby Hunt, which I love writing Baby Hunt because I feel like if you were to see it out of context, you would think that you were going on a... Uh, a hunt baby for babies. Hunt. <laughs> yeah, hunt it's for true. Babies. It kind of sounds like that. Yeah, it's sort of like at the Gap where they have Baby Gap, and then they have an elevator that goes down to Baby Gap, and it just says Baby Elevator. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a tiny elevator. Anyway, so you had a baby. I'm stoked on that. Um, how's that going? It's going great. <laughs> it's actually a lot better than I expected it to be. I had never changed a diaper before. I had hardly ever held a baby before. I was quite terrified, and. Uh, it's awesome though. I love it. She's great. Yeah. It's, it's she a, seems it's like a, a very cool, chill baby. Yeah. Um, let's see. We hired Linda Warbonnet. Yep. Linda joined our team and, uh, there's a couple reasons that that's really cool. Um, one of the biggest ones is the fact that she's not only from South Everett, but like deeply ingrained in South Everett. Like she chairs the, uh, Holly neighborhood association where she lives down there and everyone else on the team lives in the North end of Everett. And so it's just awesome. Um, to have some some different perspective and uh, you know a lot of our audience is also um, younger female women um, female women uh, <laughs> who would have thought um, you know and so too it, it's nice to uh, to have a female on, on the team and, and have that added perspective as well for sure I love Linda because she is a philosophical pragmatist too and I feel like mm. that is such a cool uh, you know she has such a good perspective on stuff I like totally. her opinions. Linda really, to the team. she really thinks things through yeah, and totally. always brings like in our, in our meetings and things like that. I mean like the podcast a couple of weeks ago about the bag ban. Yeah. She, you know, we were talking about it in our meeting and she brought up all these reasons why the bag ban isn't that great. And we're like, do you want to talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> like it's like stuff we don't think She's about. She's like a young Ruth Bader Ginsburg of Everett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big claim i gotta think about that maybe though maybe we're pressuring her into running for office <laughs> <laughs> she'll be president before we know it totally uh we changed the format of this year podcast oh yeah like totally. big time we sure did 
which I don't know about you guys. I find this new format much more enjoyable. Me too. Yeah, I think it's much more enjoyable to listen to, but also record. I feel like I'm having way more fun on the show than I used to with our old format. Totally, especially the trivia. Yeah, that's totally. like one of the highlights of my week is getting to play <laughs> trivia every week on the podcast. Is getting dunked on by by Tyler every yeah. week. <laughs> it's all in good fun. We should play some geography trivia. I would uh, really suck at it. We just did a map for a client, and uh, I put Denver and Wyoming. <laughs> Well, it didn't go to print, but it's all the same. Once you get past (laughs) the Rocky mountains, it's just just whatever. Just so you know, in third grade, I was a geo genius. So, uh, game on my friend game. on. Nice, good. No, I'm just kidding. I don't remember any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what about the living Everett rebrand? That's on my list. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. Yeah, totally redid our colors and logo and created uh, our new mascot, which, um, it sucks we're pre-recording this because actually right now we have a vote going with our patrons uh, to vote on an official name oh, for yeah, nice. our, our mascot. So uh, hopefully we'll know what the new name is by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah, that was uh, the the rebrand and the new website is probably like one of the top things on my list. Because when we put Live and Everett together originally, um, you know, I don't want to say that it was slapped together because it definitely took some time, but the brand was not as refined as um, we would normally do. Um, Yeah, we just wanted to, like, get it going. Yeah, and, like, the media side of things wasn't really, like, in the initial plan either, you know, so really optimizing our website for people to be able to hang out and consume delightful media. Yeah, it's true. That's a big distinction. Not only was it a rebrand, but we also completely redesigned the website at the same time, which... That was terrifying switching to a new website and having to, cause didn't we have to, did we have to shut the site off for a day? Um, we just redirected it for about eight hours. And the, was the redirect like a message saying, Hey, we'll be back soon or something like that. I think we pointed the URL to our Facebook and then okay. had a pin message on our Facebook. Yeah, so the site was, yeah. I remember it was me, you and Anna basically sat around this conference room table for I don't know how long. Eight or nine hours. Yeah, just eight or nine hours straight, just trying to get it done as quickly as possible. We did it. We did it. Yeah. It it didn't break. Totally. So that's good. Thanks, Squarespace. (laughs) Squarespace. Here's an ad for Squarespace. (laughs) Well, this is a podcast. Squarespace. (laughs) Yeah. What podcast doesn't Squarespace sponsor? We got to get on that. Make it, Um, dream it, do it. We published uh, our thousandth uh, article. Holy uh, smokes. Yeah. Back in, uh, I believe it was in October, which we didn't even realize until like weeks later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, That's it's, significant. It's, it's pretty crazy how much content we've created. Um, let's see. October 12th was our three year anniversary. And uh, so, yeah, in just over three years, uh, we've, we've been doing this thing now, which is pretty rad. Um, we also, I, I want to talk about like some more general Everett stuff, but a couple other quick like living Everett things. Um, we launched our Patreon. Yeah. Shout out to year. the patrons. Yeah. We've got, I think it's shout over, out to Garrett. Thanks for setting that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's super encouraging that people actually got on board with it. I think we have, uh, over 90 patrons hmm. and uh, yeah, I didn't know if anyone was gonna support us or be into it. And so it's been super encouraging to see that support from everybody. Yeah. It's nice doing that Scrooge McDuck thing every morning where we just dive into a pile of money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that's, kidding. That's sweet, sweet Patreon money. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about our money room, Tyler. It's top secret. <laughs> I hope people know we're joking. Um, 
Richard Porter wrote uh, his book Smokestackers. Oh yeah, which is yeah. really cool. Um, they were all articles he had uh, originally written for uh, the Live and Everett blog, and then he recompiled them into his his own uh, little book, uh, which is really cool to see. I think just seeing something physical come out of um, what we do is just refreshing. Uh, working with so much digital content, you don't get to put your hands on something tangible yeah. too often. And um, yeah, so that was really cool to see. I'm stoked for him. Hmm. Yeah, any other Live in Everett highlights before we move on to Everett at Large? Well, myself, I took a larger role here at Live in Everett. Um, yeah. I went from being a, con- well, I went from being what, a podcast producer to a contributor sometimes to a video editor, and now I'm an employee. So. Yeah, you've That's taken on, cool. on way more and become a much larger part of the team, which is awesome. And we're awesome. thankful for you. Well, I'm yeah. thankful for the opportunity, so thank you Yeah, um, very much. Yeah, it's been fun. This is my job now, and it's pretty badass, to be honest <laughs> with you. I could, be, I could be, you know, slinging pizzas again. So <laughs> Working at Puma. Working at Puma. No, well, I worked no, at, no offense. I worked at DC. Oh, I'm sorry. Which no longer exists anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. R.I.P. DC Shoes and the Outlet Mall. All right. So what about other Everett stuff? What are some businesses that have opened um, that we're stoked on? Um, yeah. So I've I've actually got a few jotted down here because um, I'm working on an article of uh, kind of the top new places that opened in 2018, which will be out by the time this podcast comes out. Um, I know one that you're head over heels about, Tyler's Nine Delicacies. Mm-hmm. Have, yep. you, have you been back? I haven't been back and I feel really bad about it because I dream about that that uh, spicy Korean chicken that we You know, had. honestly, I haven't been back because since we've been there, I've quit eating meat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's a big thing that's happening at the end of uh, 2018. Yeah, yeah. I'm not eating meat and I'm uh, not drinking alcohol anymore, which is like totally... It's like my life is completely turned upside down, like the Fresh Prince. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I just watch Netflix and work on my house, but uh, I feel way better. So there's that. But no, yeah, uh, Nine Delicacies, um, they do have a lot of vegetarian stuff on their menu. I just looked, so I'm really excited to go back. But that was the best to live in every TV episode. I just feel like I was so happy eating <laughs> that food. Yeah, you were stoked. Um, some other places that, that open, maybe I'll just read off uh, a few of these real quick. Uh, Basil uh, oh, in yeah. South Everett, Vietnamese restaurant. Uh, Midnight Cookie Company. Great uh, cookies. Delicious. Irwin's Cheese Steaks, which uh, when I think of Irwin's, I just think about that wheel that you get to spin oh, when yeah. you order, which uh, I just like games. That's, yeah. That's just fun. Totally. Uh, I do not like cheese steaks. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you don't. <laughs> that's, I, I've learned that about you this year. <laughs> Me uh, too. Capers and Olives. Oh, which, yeah. Which I know, Henry, you're a huge fan of that one. I am. I love that place. Um, Bent Yoga opened early, early in, uh, 2018, uh, Anna did a great article on them. Uh, they're like a hot yoga studio in South Everett. Uh, the Grand Leader Mercantile right across the street oh, from our, yeah. our office, uh, the furniture store, uh, Funko opened the Wetmore Forest, mm. uh, nice little addition there. And I did learn too, that did you guys know you can only buy Wetmore Forest characters at Funko headquarters? Is that why the line was wrapped around the damn block the other day? I, when I drove past it at like 10 o'clock, it was up. 
It was up the block and around the corner. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. In oh. front of a... Maybe they were doing, like, some special release or something. Yeah, it's wild. It's or an autograph signing or... Um, who knows? But it's just, like, insane <laughs> what Funko is bringing to downtown. Totally. And that's, that's cool that you can only get certain merch from... You have to come to Everett. Well, and I actually just heard it. that the other day, too, about um, Funko Freddy, like their mascot. I read somewhere that said you can only buy... Funko Freddy's at the headquarters as well. Interesting. Uh, which is pretty crazy. We need to start stockpiling this. I don't have a retirement plan. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Start your 401 Freddy. Um, what? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, what yeah else? that was a fail. Uh, High Track Adventures. Uh, I don't know if that actually opened in 2018, yeah. but I feel like that's when I discovered it. Totally. And, you know, we went and checked it out. I want to go back. Fun. Yeah, I, I want to go back to maybe not trying to film yeah. myself with a camera while also trying to climb and do zip lines. That was a, uh, I think if I go again, tough. I'm not going to wear jeans or dress boots. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that, that was part of the reason why I was so terrified. I don't think that you could get me on that thing. <laughs> I'm no, s- I'm so afraid of heights. Like getting on a step ladder is like a big deal for me. <laughs> I feel, I feel like I'm very top heavy. So everything <laughs> just looks a lot taller than it really is because of uh, that big old, curly hair on your head yeah it's all weighs you down uh jag artworks oh yeah love jag i actually need to go there um well it's after christmas now but technically it isn't for us because we're pre-recording but i need to go there to pick up some things i need to uh i I went there a month or two back i wanted to get one of your guys's uh green oliver elf army shirts with the rucker tomb on it i don't even have one of those but yes and uh they didn't have it in my size so uh, i think i told martin to tell me one of those do you wear your own band's shirts that's Um, a good question well i don't have at your shows uh, yeah i wear them on stage (laughs) i'm like trey cool from green day he would always wear a green day shirt and somebody asked him why he wears his own band shirt on stage. And he's like, cause it's free and I don't have to bring laundry with me like on the road. <laughs> so he just wears his own band shirts. Oh wow. Which is smart. Such grabs, faux pas. grabs him off the merch table. It is a faux pas to wear your own band shirt um, on stage. At least I feel like that's kind of weird. Yeah. Do you wear your own band shirt, Tyler? Mm-mm. Tyler doesn't have a band shirt. Yeah, we do. Oh, wait, you do, we you have a bunch of them the, right. over the years. We've yeah. Put out. I've, I've collected every one. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I always like them, uh, but then I feel weird like wearing my own band shirt. Yeah. They're nice shirts. So. I, feel, I feel fine wearing them out and about. Farms and market open. And then close. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Which, which happened, Henry, you just... You put out an article on our most popular Live and Everett TV videos. And that was number one. And, and I was like, how do I write one. about this? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, this is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, eight Ball Cafe. Pretty. Oh, yeah. Eight Ball Cafe. So we all went there and we were kind of, we had a middle of the road opinion about it. People love that place. People do love that place. Yeah. And I feel like we kind of need to go back. Maybe totally. Yeah. That's in what a I'm couple of months. Too. Yeah. I feel like it was the same with Juby's. You know, we went to Juby's um, Caribbean Delight right after they opened and it wasn't, I didn't think it was very good, but I feel like places just kind of got to hit their stride. Yeah. That can be the tricky part about, you know, a place that's new. It seems like our audience always really appreciates when we feature new places. So we try and get in there, um, you know, early on, but then. Yeah, a lot of the time they're still kind of work, working stuff out, and which is understandable. Um, so, yeah, we, we should try them out again. Mm-hmm. Um, Narrative Coffee started uh, doing food. Oh, yeah. They added their food menu, which is pretty rad. Uh, Comfort Cafe opened up. Uh, what else? What else? We all I agreed oh, yeah. universally that euros are, in fact, 
Euro sandwiches are sandwiches. <laughs> Shush. Uh, <laughs> it's the first week, uh, or first year, uh, more like it, of uh, Everett Beer Week in 2018. Oh, yeah. Which happened the same week as uh, Upper Left Beer Fest. Yeah. So it was just pretty fun. When did Toggles technically open? Was it last year? I think it was late 2017, actually. Yeah, because yeah. we did a, one of the first Live and Ever TVs that I was on. We all went to Toggles, and that oh, was like yeah. in November. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems, so we could that probably group great. them in with uh, 2018, basically, yeah. close enough. Toggles <laughs> has basically come Everett's living room, I feel like, you know, or like the Definitely. like the communal gathering space for North Everettites. And it was crazy. I went in there last week to meet some friends, and literally, like, wasn't a seat in the place I was blown away and it was, I don't know, like a Tuesday night or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I figured out after a while though, that I think they had just had a brewer's night or some event mm. going on. And, uh, so I think that might've been partially why, but I had to like pounce on a table as soon as it opened up. Cause it was, uh, it was packed in there. I do. I do place. love toggles, but I can't go there if I want to be alone. I feel totally. like with the Everett, Everett's living room thing. Do you, like go, do you go to bars often there. to be alone? Who are you, my dad? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like, I don't know. Sometimes I want to just go like no, I get hang it. out I'm with a friend, totally you know, like one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah, I get it. I get it. Like Sierra and I would like to go I out for it. a drink every once in a while. And um, yeah, we'll run into like everybody that we know. Yep. Which is fun sometimes, but sometimes you don't want that. So yep. it's a good problem to have, I guess, for toggles. Totally. Well, what else? Any other highlights <laughs> from uh, 2018 before we move on? Uh, Everett, uh, let's see. We got a new city council uh, elect, Liz Vogeli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, technically, didn't the mayor's term start like the beginning of the year, January 1st? Mm. Um, so kind of got a new yeah, mayor, totally. too. Yeah, We got a new mayor. That is a good freaking point. You're right about that. Almost That one almost slipped by us. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, totally. Um, First ever elected female mayor of Everett, uh, which is pretty awesome as that well. That is pretty awesome. Uh, we had a, an appointed female mayor, Joyce Ebert, back in the day. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, pretty rad to have the first elected uh, female mayor. Everett passed districts now. That's right. Yep. So districts are coming. Your choices have now been limited um, on who you can vote for in Everett. So everyone be happy about that. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> half kidding. This half guy. not kidding. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's been a big year in Everett. I feel like, you know, and I feel like we say that every year and that's just like a sign of Everett's sort of growth and trajectory, you know, positive momentum for sure. We have a new economic development director, Dan Ernesty, who seems to be Yep, who we had on the podcast recently. Um, Yeah, all kinds of uh, fun, exciting changes that happened this year. And next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about kind of new developments and what's uh, coming up for 2019. So that'll be fun to talk about as well next week. Totally. Awesome. So, hey, uh, I'm sure we missed lots of stuff. What were uh, some of your highlights in 2018? We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. Or shoot us an email to podcast at liveineverett.com. Somebody pick up the phone and leave us a freaking voicemail already. They're not going to do it. All the kids are on social media these days. We just got to evolve here, people. That's true. Yeah, just slide into our DMs. (laughs) So earlier in the month, I sat down with Neil Naruzzo from the 
uh, Snohomish PUD, and I feel kind of bad because when I interviewed him, we were talking about how we haven't really had any power outages or windstorms, and like last week we had a pretty big windstorm that knocked some power out. So he, he jinxed it. Do you I, think it's your fault? I think it is my fault, but um, we had a really good talk about the PUD and what the PUD does and how you can take advantage of a lot of their energy-saving tips and uh, vouchers and rebates and all that stuff. So we'll take a listen to that right now. I'm here with Neil Naruzzo from Snohomish County PUD, the spokesperson for Snohomish County PUD. We're going to talk all about the PUD today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. So my first question is, what is the PUD, the Public Utility District? Yeah, so the PUD is a public customer-owned utility. It's it's like a water district. So all the revenue that we, we gain through rates goes right back into the cost of doing business for maintaining the lines, for, for uh, having workers out in the field to restore power when it goes out. Um, the utility was, was formed about 70 years ago in 1949. It was initially before that a water utility, but it expanded to uh, electricity in, in the late 40s. And, and so, again, we really want to invest all the money that comes into the utility back into business so we can ensure the highest levels of reliability. And then as a public agency, we also seek input from our customers. So we have public meetings with a board of commissioners. It's a three-member board. And they meet twice monthly, and that gives us a, an opportunity to collect input from our customers. Tell us, uh, you know, they can tell us how how we're doing, what they'd like to see different. Um, and so, those board members that run those meetings, they're elected on a um, on a nonpartisan basis. They they represent different districts, and they uh, are elected for six year terms that are staggered. So the term, a new commissioner term, will come up every two years. Um, our main office is here in Everett, but we operate uh, five local offices throughout the throughout the county. So it's a, it's a it, again I would emphasize it's a community based organization that really thrives with the input of the people throughout the community. And what are some things about the PUD that people may not be aware of? I feel like people just like pay their bill, but right. I know a lot more is going on that you know citizens can take advantage of. Sure. Well, you know, one thing that people often think is that we're part of the county and we're actually separate. We're a separate district, again, like a water district. Um, and we, we offer a lot of programs for customers to really help them with their bills. So, um, you know, if you're, if you qualify as a low income customer, for example, you can get up to 60% off your bill. Um, all of our customers uh, can benefit from certain conservation programs or one of different varieties. So, um, particularly if you have electric heat, if you have electric heat, then we have a number of programs that can help you with that heating source, um, you know, through heat heat pumps. It might be through, you know, insulation on in your uh, above your attic and in your floors and your in your walls. Uh, all those kinds of programs, we offer incentives to make those easier so that people can save money. So, what about? I know that solar energy is a big thing right now. Um, what is like some, I guess, rebate programs available? I know that you can, I think you can sell energy back to PUD. Maybe explain that. You can. And so if, you, if you're interested in, in installing a solar unit on your rooftop, what we offer are, first of all, some resources. So, you know, what kind of contractors are out there that can help you do the research on getting a solar unit put on your, on your rooftop? Uh, we also can, can, can connect you with some of the incentives that are out there. So there's a, a state production incentive based on how much your, your output is every year, but there's also a federal tax credit. And so we can provide information so customers can research all of that data so they can determine if it's a good choice or not. The other thing that, that the utility does is we do buy back that power that you produce. Essentially, we credit to your bill. So anything excess of what you use that you uh, that your solar unit covers, anything in excess of that, we uh, 
we provide you know some some cash dollar back for you or you can bank it so for example you may produce energy in august and september and may not be using all of it you can bank it for later in the winter when when the heat's obviously more of a need and the temperatures are cold colder so some great incentives uh you know i would say you really need to do your homework because these incentives can change over time at the state and federal level, and they are. Uh, some of them will tend to get renewed, but you really need to, to, to pencil it out, figure out why you really want to do solar. You, you may not care about the, the dollar incentives. It may be more of a, an issue of trying to do the right thing for the environment. So really kind of think it through. Uh, the other thing you want to look at is to see if, you're, if your rooftop is right for solar. Is it south-facing? What's your tree coverage in your area? Are you likely to produce a lot? Um, the payback for solar can, can be good. It can be under 10 years in many cases. So, um, but every roof is different. And so you need to, again, do your research because the incentives can change. So, you know, it's a great, it's a great solution for a lot of people if they want to help the environment. We also have a couple of other programs. If you, um, if you cannot put solar on your roof, either your home may not be suitable or perhaps, uh, you know, you don't have the dollar, uh, dollars to invest in a solar rooftop unit. You can actually participate in programs uh, from the PUD that support community solar projects. And so they, uh, in the past, what we've done is had, had solar projects that have supported um, or solar, a solar program that supported solar projects on rooftops at, at uh, local schools or at a nonprofit or, um, you know, at, uh, at a community college, all those sorts of things. So there are different ways you can participate in solar, even if you, if you don't have conditions around your home. Are there other alternative energy sources besides solar that people can take advantage of yeah so we actually have you know beyond building your own where we have another program called carbon solutions and what that allows uh, people to do is to buy a share essentially and it supports the development of not only solar but wind throughout the western united states so it covers four or five states and supports specific projects so if your if your goal is just to to take uh, some of those fossil fuels out of the mix and to really encourage uh, more renewable energy development it's a great way to go how is coal nowadays i'm kidding <laughs> is that still a thing because that's a thing on like the east coast there is you know there's a little bit of coal in the northwest there's a uh, still a plant uh, several plants in montana and then there's one in centralia those are uh, gradually going offline so in a few years you know the bulk of that will go away so uh we'll see less and less coal going forward in the Northwest. And, and yes, it is a big thing in the East coast, of course. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. It's so, it's so weird. We used to have like the oil guy come to our house every like month or something. <laughs> right. Pretty wild. Yep. So, um, thankfully this year we haven't had too many outage problems, at least widespread. Um, we were, we were talking before we started recording that there hasn't been like a massive windstorm this year yet. Hopefully not. Um, what should we do if there is a power outage or there's something wrong with the power? Yeah. So the first thing, first and foremost, is to be prepared well ahead of time. So have an emergency kit in place that has all those essential items, uh, extra water, you know, maybe it's energy bars, uh, make sure you have maybe some canned food at home, uh, some way to open it. So manual can opener, um, having lots of flashlights and batteries. And uh, the other thing is having cash on hand. So you might find if we have a several day outage and you're trying to go, to a gas station and get gas or whatever it might be, some systems may be down. They may not be taking credit cards. So having a little bit of cash on hand is, is useful as well. That's interesting. I never actually thought about that. Yeah, it's one of those things that you know people don't think about. Um, the other thing, um, you know, is is to have you know if you have kids at home, maybe have some games or have something there to kind of keep you busy. 
you know, in the, in the event of a storm. The great item that I found recently in the last couple of years is you can get these little power packs that will uh, charge your cell phone and other devices. And you can find those in a lot of places that, uh, that sell electronics. And so it's, that's a, a great thing to have on, on hand. I have two or three of those. And, you know, with kids in the house and with other things, we're all, you know, wanting our phones charged, of course. Uh, the other kinds of things to, to do, you know, beyond the kit would be to make sure you, you stay informed. So we have uh, an online outage center on our website, which you can access on your phone. And that's got information about where the power outages are. Uh, it's got an online reporting form if you need to report an outage in your neighborhood. It's a great resource. Um, some of their safety tips are there. And that's at our website, snowpud.com. The, the other thing uh, to remember is if, if you do have an outage, you can call us to report it. Uh, at at 783-1001, that's the 425 area code. You can report it online on the outage form that I mentioned. Um, and, you know, if you're down at a local office, you can just stop in and, and report it too. But you know, th- that's that helps us as we restore power. We may not be aware of all the outages that are out there, and it, and it fuels our system so that we have the right data that we need. Very cool. Um, switching gears a little bit, there's an auditorium at the PUD. What's up with that? There is. It's a great. It's a great community resource. So, um, you know, probably I think about twenty years ago, we had some of our commissioners uh, feel that it was important to have a community resource here in Everett, and so we built a three hundred seat auditorium that's available for community use, and so it's used for for everything from community meetings to to plays. Uh, you know, Snohomish County government might have a meeting of of staff or or uh, an outreach meeting. They may do something there. Um, you know, all sorts of um, things come through that auditorium. And, and we offer it at a nonprofit rate for four-hour blocks. Um, it's available weekends and evenings because so during business hours, we um, we have our own staff that, that may be using it. But even during the week, we, we, we can accommodate um, can, can accommodate use in the auditorium. We just need to figure out the, the access for people to get there. So they, we may, uh, you know, bust them in or have them, you know, walk in or, or bike in so that we have enough parking for everybody in the 300-seat auditorium. What was the the reasoning behind opening? And I feel like it's weird to have an auditorium inside of like a public utilities you know right. building. It's actually not that unusual. And I think one of the things is is we want to offer what we call public purpose benefits back to the community. So you know many utilities they may have if they have a hydroelectric facility they may have parks around that. So in Eastern Washington along the Columbia River, many of the utilities back there will have campgrounds. They'll have parks. Just another way to reinvest some dollars back in the community that the community will benefit from. And oftentimes we, we ask people uh, through our research or through surveys, you know, what kinds of things can we do to benefit the, the local community? And, and that's been a popular resource. People, people take advantage of it. Um, there are not, you know, a lot of venues that are like that, that are, that, that can be used for community meetings of that size. And so it's, it is a, it's a well-used resource here in Everett. That's very cool. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add at all? Maybe something that we missed or, how people can get more involved or find out more about these incentive programs. Sure. I th- well, I think one thing is that people may not always understand that we, that we are a relatively you're virtually a carbon free utility. About 98% of our power is carbon free. And a large part of that reason is because we, we are so heavily based on hydropower in the Northwest. So, you know, the bulk of it comes from that, but we also re- invest in, in wind energy. We have some uh, sites uh, that we contract with um, in Eastern Oregon and Eastern Washington um, we have, even have a, a facility that uses cow manure, believe it or not, uh, that fuels kind of a methane production plant, and that's up in up in the Monroe area. So, you know, we're investing in some some unusual projects, but we like to have a diverse power supply so that 
so that we have a good good set of options if, if, if one thing isn't working out, if the wind isn't blowing or if the sun isn't shining, you want to have other things that would, can back that up uh, to provide the power that we need. What Speaking of like renewable energy sources, like what kind of is the future for renewable energy? Like what's, what's PUD's goal? Is it like to get completely, I guess, 100% renewable? Like how far are you in that? Yeah, I think you're going to see a, a time when we are literally carbon free. So we, you know, we're, you know, two to 3% carbon right now, because there are some hour to hour purchases we make to, to, to provide electricity that might be off the market. And a little bit of that might be coal. It might be, you know, it might be, it might be gas. Um, but you know, we're definitely moving in that direction to get away from that. And with the coal plants that are going offline in Montana and in Washington state, eventually that coal will, will likely go away entirely. Uh, you, know, you might still have a little bit here and there, but uh, on the whole, we are, we are virtually a carbon-free utility. Uh, one of the things that we're investing in, which is really exciting, is energy storage. So typically you can't store electrons. When you produce them, they flow out on the grid, and you, you need to use them or you lose them. Uh, but with, with energy storage, you can actually take those electrons and basically put them in an oversized you know, battery that's basically you know, a series of shipping container size uh, this batteries. Is, this is like the Tesla battery pack for the home but more so right so several of our substations we actually have these battery systems the different technologies and we're learning that technology right now it's it's not at the point where it's something that's widespread but we're learning it and hopefully that'll we'll ramp that up and and use it in greater and greater ways because what it allows you to do is when that sun is shining maybe on an august day or or maybe it's in the middle of the day when the energy use isn't as high you can then later you know, go back to that energy supply, pull it from the battery and use it for, for the afternoon when everybody's coming back from work and lighting up their, you know, their ovens and, and turning up the heat. So, so it provides a lot of promise to really balance out the highs and lows of energy. I guess my, my last question is how can maybe give like some tips on just easy stuff that people can do to save energy in their homes? Yeah. So there, there's a number of things you can do. I think one thing is certainly have, making sure your lighting is led lighting as much as possible. And that's been a really successful uh, program for us. We've in the last um, about about 15 years, we have uh, sold and at a reduced price. We've worked with retailers to reduce prices on LED lighting. We've sold about 12 million bulbs around the county, which is about 30 bulbs per home, which is pretty pretty crazy number if you think about it. Uh, But those incentives that we provided, really discounts. Uh, it really kind of sparked the the movement to LED lighting. So that's so that's one thing. But then you know just some simple things like you know turning down the heat when you can and, and you know throwing on an extra sweater or a sweatshirt. Um, you know looking at things like programmable thermostats that we, that will turn on your heat the moment you know several months before you get up to go to work or to get get ready to go to work or to school, and then it'll it'll come on just before you get home again. So those are those are great not only for the savings but they're they're convenient and and make the comfort of your home better. For sure. Cool. Um, Well, thank you, Neil. I do appreciate it so much. Thank you. It is time for the Boxing Day edition of Living Everett Trivia. Um, Port of Everett edition, Boxing edition. Port of Everett edition, Boxing Day edition. Pre-order now and uh, at GameStop. Remind me, what is Boxing Day? It's like a Canadian Christmas 2. Okay. It has something to do with boxing up the junk you don't want and I think putting it on the curb for all of the for other people to come and take the stuff you don't want i think i don't oh, know yeah. so it's not a day to punch people in the face Mm-mm. no i wish it was especially <laughs> when i worked at the outlet mall oh my god it's like worse than black <laughs> friday 
Yeah, so you totally. This, you have this nice day off with your family, and then you just get thrust back into this. You know, I feel bad actually landscape. for what I just said about Boxing Day because I think the sentiment <laughs> is 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 uh, gifting the less fortunate or something. You know, so it's something like that. I, don't I shouldn't know. be it's, a jerk about Canada rules. Let's face it; it's English. You know, who this is America. Canada rules, eh? So we're gonna uh, do some port of ever trivia. Tyler and Garrett have been knee deep in this trivia for a long time. We're almost to the end of it, and I feel like we don't really keep track of wins and losses here. But I feel like Tyler is on a roll. Yeah, yeah. The last couple of weeks, we'll see about that. All right, I'm gonna see. lose. Question one: In August of 1918, the Port of Everett signed its first lease, encompassing 500 feet of Tract One slash City Dock and a portion of the Tidelands for $86 a year. What company is the leaseor? Yep. Yep. West Coast Shipbuilding Company, Puget Sound Nail, Steamworks, or the Johnson Timber Company? Oh my gosh, it's not, what, who I thought it was was not in those. What are the options again? West Coast Shipbuilding Company, Puget Sound Nail, Steamworks, or the Johnson Timber Company? Who's the first leaseor at the Port of Everett for $86 a year? I'm guessing Ooh. A. I'm guessing D. It is A, the West Coast Shipbuilding Company. Tyler, in the lead again. Before Puget, before the Puget Sound region had many roads, bridges, or even railroads, people would general, generally travel around the area by steamships going from port to port. These steamers were so common. Hundreds of them uh, ply, uh, were, in, were in area waters uh, that they were dubbed what? What were the steamers called? The Seal Fleet, the Mosquito Fleet, the wasp fleet or the dolphin fleet a lot of people get the answer is the mosquito fleet yeah i'm going mosquito fleet it's mosquito fleet there we go just because it sounds very familiar Mm -hmm. i don't know if richard maybe mentioned that in one of his articles or we've talked about it before have we okay Mm -hmm. okay yeah Alrighty. man we need we need to uh bring that back i know the mosquito fleet the mosquito fleet i know imagine if you could travel from like Everett to Seattle via speedboat, like I'm not talking like a slow moving boat. I'm talking like a Donzi or something, 60 miles an hour. Like a, a steamboat with a Hemi. <laughs> I feel like you'd be sick. <laughs> you'd have to dress for the occasion. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, you can wear uh, your, sur- your survival goggles. suit. <laughs> yeah. They just wrap you in plastic wrap before you get into the boat. Totally. So you're nice and dry when you come out on the other end. Perfect. In 1959, the Port of Everett was gifted Pier 3 from who? Who gifted Pier 3 to the Port of Everett in 59? The Great Northern Railway. Rail, railway. 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 <laughs> Burlington, Burlington Northern Santa Fe. The City of Everett or Naval Station Everett. Who gifted Pier 3? To our port. What a generous gift. I know, right? A whole, a whole pier. <sighs> Total. Wait, I better not say anything till Tyler has his guess. I think it's BNSF. I said that that was option B, right? BNSF. Yes. That's but it what might I be. It too. could be option A. I have no idea. It is, it is A. The Great mm-hmm. Northern Railway. Dang, I knew I should have done it. So yeah, I bet. I don't even know when BNSF. I don't came think into they existence. were around back then. I mean, yeah, probably not. Somebody will probably send me a note that i'm wrong but well you squeaked out another win tyler yes and next week will be the final could have been three for three it could have been 
trust in my gut. Next week will be the final round of Port of Ever trivia. So get dun, ready dun, for that, dun. fellas. Help support Live in Everett with a donation to our Patreon. Even a dollar a month helps us deliver stories, videos, and this year podcast about the good things in Everett every single week. Want to know more? Head over to patreon.com slash live in Everett to donate today and help support Live in Everett. Thanks for hanging out on the Live in Everett podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you sure can podcast at liveandever.com or leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. Also hit us up on Instagram. I check it often. Thanks for joining us today. Special thanks to all of Ralph Army for our theme music and to our producer, Mr. Henry J. And extra special thanks to all of you uh, for your support this year in 2018, especially our team here at Live and Everett. All of our patrons, our awesome contributors, our sponsors and advertisers, uh, especially Citrine Health, Michelle Bruder da Costa from Homebridge Financial Services, uh, McLean Insurance, Lamar Real Estate, Milltown Credit Union. There are lots of others. I can't stress how thankful we are uh, for the support of these local businesses. Uh, please consider supporting them back. Happy holidays, everybody. Good things happen in Everett because of you. So thanks so much for being a part of this wonderful city. And thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody. This is why we're Everett till the grave.